You are listening to a five-minute version of Words of Life, a message of hope from the Salvation Army. Hello, this is Phil Needham, and we're continuing our series for Advent and Christmas. Today, we're talking about joy. And you may want to look at Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. The Israelites are exiled in Babylon. They are virtual slaves in a foreign land. Their joy has departed. What word is there to lift their spirits enough to see them through the ordeal? They find the words in the book of Isaiah. The prophecy is not launched with rational arguments to put minds at rest. It begins with singing. Isaiah sings about deserts and wilderness blossoming like crocus, bursting into bloom, rejoicing with joy and singing. He sings the melodies of hope in a hopeless situation. I cannot imagine what it was like for those exiles to be waiting years for a deliverance for which they had no earthly guarantee nor observable signs. Could they believe Isaiah's optimism? It isn't easy to sing when you are disheartened or despondent, unless, of course, you know a lament that matches your sadness. The book of Isaiah and other prophetic books have plenty of laments that reflect God's sadness and anger over a nation's unfaithfulness and ungodly behavior. They are love songs laden with the grief of a rejected lover who longs for the loved one's return. But this song is different. It flows in a major key. It dances to good news. It pulls us out of the doldrums. It drives away fear and claims victory even before the battle. Such songs are sung throughout the Old Testament, whether they are great anthems of praise at the dedication of the temple or a terrifying songster brigade at the head of Jehoshaphat's victorious army or Gideon's drum and bugle corps leveling the walls of Jericho, or the for-adults-only extravagant love songs of Solomon. God speaks to us in song. When we turn away from Him, He laments. When we follow His ways, He sings His pleasure. He is the pied piper of a fallen world, luring us with His love song, not some cheap sentimental love song, No, a love song with pain and suffering and enormous sacrifice for us, his beloveds. And when we are lured by such a song, we answer in the words of Paulus Gerhardt's hymn, What language shall I borrow to thank thee, dearest friend? For this thy dying sorrow, thy pity without end, oh, make me thine forever. And should I fainting be, Lord, Let me never, never outlive my love to thee. Such answering songs are sung from deep within us, from our souls. We are singing to our divine lover. We are entrusting our lives to the one who gave his life for us. Even though our present circumstances may not seem to prove his loving presence, we believe that he will not abandon us and that he will have a future and a hope for us. This is the kind of assurance the Israelites needed. God gave Isaiah the words and the music 
to sing his assurance of their future. It began with a vision of joy, sung with the imagery of new life bursting forth. It is a vision they could picture because they had seen the world come to life in springtime. There was little joy under the ongoing circumstances, but there was joy in their future. We are now called to sing Christ's new kingdom with joy and live it with conviction. If enough of us do, the glories of Christ's righteousness and the wonders of his love will become more and more apparent in a world moving toward Christ's second advent, when the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Thanks for listening. To hear the full version of this week's episode, subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.